Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT Podcast, and I'm your host. How are you guys doing today? We're going to cover a lot of ground today, so make yourself comfortable. I am broadcasting live for all of you guys. My executive producer is on vacation, so I'm just riding solo meal, baby. Solo meal. If you guys have kids and if you've ever watched the, the Cars franchise, you'll quickly recognize what character says that to the second main character. It's actually... Lightning McQueen talking to the Hudson Hornet. But um, just wanted to start a little smooth, figure I'd bring you guys some jazz, and we basically build from there. want to thank you guys for stopping by. appreciate you guys stopping by. Please grab your coffee, your tea your chai lattes, your English danishes and English muffins, your bagels, your banana nut breads, your protein shakes, your vitamin shakes, whatever gets you going in the morning. Some people like to wake up with some toast. Some people like to wake up with some eggs benedict. Whatever makes you a cool cat. Kind of put this down a little bit because sadly you know that the software that we use distorts the music. So the music is more for me just to kind of, you know, settle there in the background. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I'm enjoying today a cup of Starbucks coffee. They overcharged me. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I got a great day ahead of me. And I have a lot of goals for today, so you figure, what can you do, right? Just keep pushing forward. Not too bad. Not perfect. Not too bad. Needs a little bit more cream. Um, again, they, they charged me for a side of something, but I've grown more mature beyond letting things like that um, actually get to me. But um, I have a lot of ground that I want to cover with you guys. You know, I greatly appreciate you guys always passing by. Um, We're not going to do a market recap today. We're not going to do a module today. We're just going to have a conversation. I'm going to explain to you guys the situation that I'm currently in. And I always welcome you, you guys' feedback. You guys are my business partners. You're my mentees, and a lot of you are still my mentors, so I'm still learning a lot from you guys. So since the last time that you guys tuned in, a lot has happened, of course, with FTX. And I just decided to unplug and allow things to further develop before I continue to to add my perspective to it. Um, also, I have put my Kickstarter on a pause. Um, I figure... I would allow a few weeks to pass 
and basically prepare myself for the beginning of next year. And for me to really think long and hard about how I'm going to structure this, especially with FTX kind of um, destroying itself. And then also, I'm combining that with the way that the Donald Trump NFTs have been accepted um, for political reasons. You know, people have attacked the technology. And with FTX, you know, it's not a... It's not helping the situation because, again, the premise is I fall unto the belief that whoever creates an NFT that's a, a functional token like that has a utility purpose, you know, it's our responsibility to maintain the value of the, of the NFT. And sadly, it's the Wild West, and you do have people that create these junk tokens, and they don't stand behind anything that they're that they're doing. So, a lot of people can easily uh, fall victim to buying a token for an exuberant amount of money, and there's just no other value long-term, um, kind of like a pump and dump. So, again, I'm going to give it a little bit more time as far as, like, discovery and development. And um, I'm going to kind of see, you know, what can be what can be done or what I can do differently to build more encouragement into into that industry so right now today what i have cut out for me for today is i'm gonna be returning to a business that i was a part of um not too long ago in fact um i walked away from the business uh, I didn't appreciate the way things were being managed. And as a byproduct, the business has fallen onto some tough times. And in that process, you know, my presence has been requested. And I immediately, you know, said, you know what, no problem. You know, if you guys need me, I'm, I'm here for a limited amount of time. I'm in a transition period between two other businesses and two other contracts that I'm, of course, trying to get um, signed. So I don't mind coming to help, you know, in the meantime. Yesterday was a day that I was busy running errands and taking care of a whole bunch of different things. And um, because of that, I was unable to attend. But I gave my word that I would be there today at a decent time, and that basically, you know, I will build from there. So, long story short, um, I figure I would, you know, bring my family where it had to be, and I would, you know, start broadcasting live for the podcast, and kind of, you know, just build from there, you know, go from there. 
And um, there's still a part of me that has a little bit of restraint. It is sub-psychological, and I'm going to explore today why that is. And at the same time, my challenge is to consciously overcome that. Because in one of these two new companies that I'm, you know, in the pursuit of securing a contract with them, a lot of questions were asked about this industry. And the passion and the love that I have for it just kind of oozed out of my system. You know, it was like I couldn't help myself to speak of the beauty of this industry and how much love and passion I have for it. And in that context is where I feel that my feelings may have been um, mistreated. And it's something that I kind of just suppressed. I didn't pay, you know, a lot of uh, attention to it. I just allowed time some time. I allowed the healing process to, to be natural. And now that I'm presented this opportunity, you know, it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be easy. But I will do everything in my power to do my very best. And, you know, for example, for tomorrow, I have so many things going on at one time that I face a challenge tomorrow. Tomorrow I got to go run a million and one errands. And in that process, I have to handle my business, right? So I wanted to kind of explore that with you guys because sometimes success can be found in familiar places where we may have um, looked above and beyond, right? And for some reason, the circumstances change and the opportunity presents itself again. And what is it that can, let's say, lead us to block off an opportunity like that? What is it that that could hold us back to the extent where we may not pursue an opportunity, maybe because it didn't work out in the past, yet maybe some type of success can be hidden or contained in opportunities such as that. Meaning, what keeps us from planting once again on on a piece of soil? You know, what holds us back from, you know, maybe we should try to start this engine one more time. You know, that's that's the way that I see it. Like, this is an old car. It's a classic car. Hasn't been ran for some time. It ran fine a few races. Some races we lost. Some races we won. Um, It's been somewhat reliable. Is it worth trying to get the engine to start again? And... I think that that is the biggest challenge. It's going to be those first initial minutes where everybody comes together and they ask, you know, so how have things been? How have things changed? Um, You know, I don't have the best news in the sense that there were about five companies that I had on the contract for about, 120 days, 90 to 120 days, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. 
and all of them have fallen apart. And I'm left with a situation where the only thing that I could do right now, if I really wanted to pursue it, which I don't, is to go to corporate and then either apply for my own contract, right, my own subcontract, and compete with them, which is a conflict of interest. I wouldn't want to do that. It's not good karma. Or bypass them altogether and build a different task force. And that's something that I just don't have the time and energy for. If anything, it was a learning experience for me to know exactly what not to do, how to conduct business. And, you know, it's kind of like, the best thing that I could uh, that I could do is literally just allow the situation to dissipate, to kind of just fall apart, and you know, once it becomes clear to the people within that that structure that things are not working, you know, let my silence. Or my lack of, of actions or options speak for me. And as swift as possible, like, you know, like using a katana blade, just cutting off from the situation. You know, yesterday, I actually left a message to one of the supervisors. And I left a message to somebody, not in the corporate office, but close enough to corporate. And I just said, look, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on. But, um, you know, there's pretty much nothing else that I can do. You know, all I can do is take everything a day at a time. Um, the way that the situation has been handled has not been professional whatsoever. A lot of uh, personal ego and emotions have been involved. Therefore, all I can do is gracefully walk away. And um, putting things into that perspective lets me know that I've done the absolute best and that I made the right decision because I was willing to go the extra mile for a collective of people that wouldn't go the first mile. And when you can't comprehend what it takes to go the first mile, you can't go 100 miles, 200 miles and and still have the energy to keep running. So... I look at my life a little bit different, maybe because I'm an artist and I'm creative and I'm just super, super intelligent, but um, that doesn't mean that I'm great at all things, you know, certain key concepts I can dominate very well and I'm very efficient in that area, but by contrast, a lot of my mentors have taught me the regular day-to-day life. I'm not good with the regular day-to-day life. You know, for me, business is a competitive sport. It's a challenge, you know, and I'm hyper competitive. I love everything about it. I love doing everything right, et cetera, et cetera. But I also realize that everybody does not take business in that sense. They don't look at it that way. They don't have the same goals. They don't have the same direction. And, you know, it's like I'm a culmination of everything that I've learned. I can do business very mechanically, but I still bring my heart and my soul into everything that I do. You know, 
for me, that's very, very important. To do things the right way, to commemorate people on their strengths, to help people with their challenges, regardless of the business. And, you know, some people, instead of embracing your background or your experience or your discipline, you know, they, they're insecure and they take it as a manifestation of their internal conflict, but in the external world. In other words, I would be happy to have Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan on my team. They would look at it as, oh, my God, you know, if Kobe Bryant is here and Michael Jordan's here, I'll never get a chance to whatever. So a lot of people do project their own inner skeletons or demons to the to the outside world. And a lot of people are afraid to ask for help if they're faced with a challenging situation. And psychology is one of my strengths in business because I'm able to sit down at the ground level, right, at the front lines of the war and be able to connect and dialogue with my peers because I've been the apprentice, I've been the student, I've been the manager, the supervisor, the owner of the business, I've been the investor, I've been the venture capitalist. I've I've played every single role in every single business that I've ever been in. Even as an artist doing music, I know what it's like to start writing music and to develop your talent and become an artist and then, you know, manager and eventually you start your own record label and everything else. I've done everything in the process. So I can meet eye to eye with every single person involved. And what that allows me to do is, one, to remain humble and never forget where I came from. Number two, it allows me to defuse the bomb from the inner core. You know, where if a situation is occurring or recurring, I can get down to the personalization of that issue and find out where the fault actually is. The only way you can do that is to really connect with the human being and understand that individual's priorities, circumstances, challenges, limitations, as well as their attributes. Because you see how we mentioned all the things that get in the way of the creativity, of the art, and of the progress. That's where the success is. You have to dig deep to find that success. But what I find dealing with people is that everybody has that success chromosome in their DNA. Sometimes it gets distorted. Sometimes you have to sort it out. Childhood traumas, early, you know, adulthood development, you know, things that may have happened in their life that may have just frustrated them, etc. These are things that sub-psychologically are still recurring. They're still on replay in the subconscious mind and they can influence and they can affect the conscious mind. So understanding those things, everybody deserves an opportunity to be able to, um, in a sense, exalt themselves and excel beyond any challenge or limitations, beyond any, any circumstances that could be a limitation to them. And a part of me cares enough to do this podcast to go live, to go live on Twitter, to go live on Instagram and just blast all of these business concepts and thoughts because I know 
this will help someone in the future, now, you know, at a different time, different interval. All these life lessons and memories will live forever on the cloud, will live forever on the internet. Somebody is going to get the use out of it. I'll give you an example. I still vividly listen to Jim Rohn, and I'm hearing lectures from the 70s, 80s, and the 90s. We're going to 2023. This knowledge is still paying forward. It's still showcasing the gratitude that Earl Schof not only gave to Jim Rohn, but gifted Jim Rohn. This knowledge, these concepts. He passed them forward to Anthony Robbins, which as a matter of fact, he has the seven masteries of business. I want to look into it. Because if it wasn't for Anthony Robbins... I wouldn't have looked into Jim Rohn and I wouldn't have found the Eric Thomas and I wouldn't have read about uh, uh, everything from Gandhi to Bernie Madoff to Fidel Castro to Steve Jobs. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. As a matter of fact, yesterday, I had told uh, a colleague, a peer of mine, about Thomas J. Stanley and the millionaire next door. He said, I bought the book. I said, great. And um, I already had two more books to suggest because I know how hard it was for that person to make that change. It would have been Principles by Ray Dalio, number one, and it would have been um, Your Next Five Moves by Patrick Bad David. Those two books are on the must-have list. Period. And in doing so, I knew that I had unlocked a change mechanism in a human being. Because I used to be that person looking for the book, looking for the courses, looking for the guidance. I couldn't find it in traditional education. I don't look at institutionalized education the same way as I do with personal development because I combine both. I'm, I'm self-taught and self-educated in so many different fields, in so many different industries. And there are millions and millions of people just like myself that at one point was unaware of how things could be different in the world or outside of my world, but knew that there had to be something bigger than the system, than just going to school, putting yourself in debt, learning a trade or a career field, and just pursuing that, and that would be life. You know, 2.5 kids, the white picket fence, the dog and the cat, and the goldfish. You got what I'm saying? I knew there had to be more to the system. And it started with me realizing, like, I was never consistently a straight-A student. Because I was a straight-A student at different moments in my life. Like in math, I was fucking phenomenal as a kid. But, like I'm talking about the, you know, number one whiz kid in the state type shit. Like, this shit was crazy, right? But it wasn't until college that I realized I'm a fucking straight-A student in every subject. The teaching mechanisms were different back then. And I was able to excel and show my full potential when I had full engagement of the person that was teaching me.
For example, I had one of my teachers in the fifth grade. They taught me French without teaching me French. It wasn't until maybe two years later that I, I went to school internationally where I was actually taking classes in French that I was like, yo, I know all this shit. And it was because my teacher used to make these phrases and these sounds when when we did something positive or when we were learning something new. I didn't know that those phrases were in French. Even though my teacher spoke English and Spanish and, and that's what I dominated was Castellano, I didn't know that I was learning Italian and French just by the way that he spoke. So now I can listen to German and I understand it. Now I can listen to Patois and understand it. I can listen to Arabic. I can, it, it just unlocked so many different features of just communication. And it also taught me to connect with people. Because for one moment in my life, I was able to connect beyond what was written on a, on a classroom board or what I was around in my environment. In other words, that one teacher taught me how to think differently. And it sparked a flame that burns to this day. Because I'll give you an example. I'm a musical artist. There are so many taboos when you're in entertainment. It's not cool to be accessible to the masses. It's cool to be shrouded in mystery. Now, everything in life is a balance. There's a lot about my personal life that I'm not going to make available to the public. But what I can make available, for example, in this podcast, is business. And that's even taboo, to be in the business and be diehard, you know, for the cause of art and and, and creative expression and the right to ownership. It's taboo if you go overboard and you voice all of your thoughts and opinions against, for example, let's say the industry. At the same time, it's necessary to have these conversations that are not comfortable. So just because you may listen to one of my songs and you may like one of my music videos, and you may become a fan and purchase an album and merchandise and see me at an award show, a festival, or even in a concert, does not mean I do not have an education. Does that mean I don't have a religious belief or a spiritual compass? Does that mean I'm not going to share the insights for you to know how to fight for your rights and how to claim what is rightfully yours as an artist? Now, it's all about the approach. It's all about the execution. How do I go about executing this? Do I go to every interview bitter, mad at the world, talking bad about everybody that did me wrong? No, everybody that did me wrong in the music industry taught me a valuable lesson. And I chose to focus on the good. What did I learn from this situation? What are the rules of money? Why do as artists we believe that the money is going to change so many things? When in actuality, it doesn't do any of that. In reality, it doesn't do any of that. Money, for me, in my experience, showcases who a person truly is. You're either a builder or you're a destroyer. There is no... In between, there is no fine line. There is no, there's no other way to put it. 
you are either a builder or you are a destroyer. If you're a loving, giving person, you'll be a philanthropist. If you're a cold-hearted person, you're going to be ruthless. And yes, you're going to have all the material things, but people are not going to gravitate towards you. Your success will always be limited and will always be temporary. It's easy to get the Ferraris hard to keep it. It's easy to get to success. It's hard to maintain success. These principles, these disciplines are everyday things that we face as challenges because we do have control of ourselves. We don't have control of everything else. I don't have control of the stock market. I don't have control of the economy. I don't have the control of consumer behavior. But what I can do is educate myself. What I can do is uh, keep myself in a positive, pleasing mental attitude. What I can do is maintain a hard-working focus on all of the goals that I have written for myself. What I can do is manage my emotions and my thoughts. And what I can do is work hard. If I work hard every single day, there is nothing that can stop me from attaining the success that I'm willing to work hard for. Nobody can take that away from me, no matter what the circumstances are. And that's just reality. So I'm going to excuse myself. We'll come back right after this. We'll be back in a in what we call a New York Minute. But I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in to the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host. And we'll be right back. We won't have an extra segment. We'll come back with a brand new episode. Thank you for your time and God bless.